Scripture memory verse tonight, 1 Corinthians 3.18, Let no man deceive himself. If anyone seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. 1 Corinthians 3.18. Anybody else? 1 Corinthians 3.18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone seems to be wise among you in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. 1 Corinthians 3.18. Good job. Anybody else? Good job. Anybody else? You can read it. First uh, Corinthians three eighteen. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. First Corinthians three eighteen. Good job. Thank you, guys. Um. Anybody else? Corinthians 3.18 Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems <coughs> to be wise in this age, let him be careful. <coughs> Then he may come wise. Good job. Good job. Now listen, that's what we want to do, is we want the word of God in us. That's what this scripture is really talking about. And notice, notice the first thing it says is, let no one deceive himself. Now there's a lot going on here, and I don't know if I can get to all of it, but it's the self-deception. And if you think you're wise, if you seem to be wise, if you have the reputation of being wise in this age, and we'll get to it a little deeper in a minute, uh, using earthly, central, demonic wisdom, and you have knowledge, but it doesn't line up with the lens of the Bible. You need to submit yourself. We were doing a customer's house yesterday, and the lady was a little bit cantankerous, but she wanted to talk about Jesus but the final thing I said to her was, because she said, well, I'm just stuck in my ways. And I said, well, in Christ, listen to me, you want to read your Bible, you want to hear what God has to say, and you want to obey it and say no to yourself and yes to God. That's where you're going to get the wisdom of God and the instruction of God, and you're going to get washed and cleansed and be useful for God in his house. So there's a deception going on. Notice what he says, let no one deceive himself. You can decide that all I have to do is say a prayer. You can decide that I'm pretty wise and I'm okay right now, but Christianity is, is, is in a, it's a process. Yes, you're saved positionally, you're saved practically, and then you're saved when you cross the finish line fully. You're glorified with God. So we need to always be on the grow. 
And the de devil is always trying to deceive you. But it's not really the devil that's going to deceive you. You're going to deceive yourself when you do not get into the word and learn what truth is. When you say no to God's word, and I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done and being who I always was, and I'm okay because I said a prayer, then you're deceiving yourself. There is a deception that's going on. Listen to me. And that deception produces a form of godliness which denies the power thereof. Because when we come to Jesus, it's because he gives us a new spirit, a new heart, a new nature. And in that new nature, it is married to the spirit of God. God, very God, has married us. And now he wants us to become like him. And so we have to begin to surrender. And he who hates correction is stupid, the Bible says. We need to be corrected. We need to be washed and cleansed. But we like to stay in control. And we'll deceive ourselves with our own flesh because we'll keep following what we know to be false instead of listening to what we know to be true. That's why it's so important if you do not sit down and decide that I'm going to be in the Word of God and that the reason I want to hear the Word of God is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But when I hear it, I want to learn to obey it. When I hear it, I want to learn to go and do it. When I hear it, I don't want to deceive myself I want to surrender. And listen, our pride, our pride wants us to keep following what everybody else is doing. Because now I fit in. Listen, when you show up and you're the only Christian in the building and everybody else is standing around the, the, the water tank, uh, the water fountain or whatever it is, the coffee pot, and they're all telling dirty jokes, you want to be part of the crowd. You don't want to hear the jokes, but you also don't want to be odd man out that you can't do anything. So there's something in our flesh that will cause us to want to be a part of it if we're not dying daily, as Paul said. If we're not putting our flesh in the grave. If we're not learning to say, you know what? Me and God is a majority. And I'm going to stand for God. I'm a messenger of God. I'm an ambassador of God. As if God was pleading through me, be reconciled to God. So when you look at this verse, let no one deceive himself. Listen, number one. The number one thing going on on the planet with this conspiracy against God is deception. That there's more ways to heaven. That there's more gods. That there's more things you can do. That you can work your way. The only thing you can do is believe Jesus. That Jesus finished it all for you. Listen to me. Deception is the key. Remember when the boys, it's Matthew 24, the boys go... When will all these things be? Jesus just gave them the whole discourse about the temple being destroyed and all the wars and ruin. And they go, when will these things be? And he said, careful that no one deceive you. Listen, because we want to hear something else. We want our ears tickled. It's, if, our, if, if somebody's preaching, now there's two things going on here with deception of self. And when you pay attention to this, listen, it's self. But the whole context from chapter 1 all the way through here is what we call today sectarianism. It's where we're segregated. They all said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, well, I'm of Cephas, which is Peter. Oh, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided, Paul would say? No, we're all the same body of Christ. That's how he concludes this chapter. For, for all things are yours, and, and, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. So we're all in the same body, in the same church not same building, but we all belong to the same God who redeemed us. 
So there's no division, but we still see it today. All the different denominational lines, all the different churches, all the different things, and they act like that they're guarding something that nobody else can have. But if we have the self-same spirit, then there's nothing to guard. There's only food to hand out, bread to give to others so that they will come to salvation. And so when we begin to protect ourselves and divide ourselves and separate ourselves, we begin to deceive ourselves. And in this, it's so important that we understand that, um, let me read my false wisdom and false teachers. See, false, false uh, uh, teachers plant false wisdom like a seed. And, and that, that produces a false gospel, which produces false converts. That's one way to look at this. There's a whole bunch of people that are false converts because we begin to bring the wisdom of this age in. That's what he's talking about. If, if you look at this age, you say, well, of course the earth is millions of years old. Just look at it. Look at all the evidence. Well, the evidence is tainted. The evidence is a lie. The evidence is underneath what? Everybody knows it. 1 John 5, 19. I know you're of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one who wants to do what? It's a conspiracy against God so that you and I will continue to do what Eve did and Adam did is listen to the voice of somebody other than God. See, because Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom that was used to create the heavens and earth. Christ is the wisdom that became the word of God that become flesh in John chapter 1. Christ is God's wisdom that was manifest in front of us and walked the planet and died for us and redeemed us if we will choose to listen. So the entire process of sanctification being set apart for God in a practical way to be used by him is us being confronted, nutheteo is the word, with truth of the scriptures, and then we have a decision to make. Are we going to say, Lord, I see the truth, but in me is nothing that can do the truth, so will you please do it through me? And you surrender to God, and he begins to change your desires, change your ways, change your path. He makes them straight so that you will go and do his will, and you freely choose to be a child of God again, which, what did Adam and Eve do? They freely chose not to be a child of God and to listen to another voice. But the second Adam comes, and he, he gives us a chance by marriage, leverant marriage, to be married back into the kingdom of God. But you don't marry back in and then become the same rebellious wife that would say no to God. That's what Eve did. We come back to redemption so that we will say, well, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do now, Lord? And so, listen, at the same time, there's teachers that will teach all kinds of earthly wisdom. They've brought psychology. They've brought word of faith in. They've brought uh, evolution in. They've brought everything imaginable into the church because of the conspiracy against God, which, which, which produces false converts. It actually tickles your ears. That's, I like that gospel. You can go find any church you want that will teach exactly the way you want to live. Listen, but most Christians, when you talk to them, they do not know the word of God. And this is exactly how you deceive yourself. You're not having a personal love relationship with God, so you're going to deceive yourself. I'm okay. I'm safe. I said a prayer. I know God. Does he know you? Listen, does he know you? And he comes to know you as you 
if you draw near, and he'll draw near to you. As you submit to God and resist the devil and his deception, resist the devil and his false teaching, resist the devil and all of his lies and his synagogues of Satan is what it's called in Revelation. When you resist him after submitting to God, then he has to flee. Because now you're submitting to truth. You're submitting to wisdom of God. You're submitting to the word of God. And if you don't do it perfectly, God's already got your back because he did it perfectly. And he gave you a position. And what we're doing is practicing righteousness. God forbid that we would sin. That's not the point. The point is, is running the race to win. Learning to run to win. Learning to run with his desires and choosing him. Listen, I, I wanted to read all this, but I'm not really going to. Yeah, I am. Chapter 3, but I'm going to. I'm sorry. I really cannot. I, I really, I would ask you to read chapters 1 and 2. That could be homework for you because he really speaks of it all through here. Talking about like, like, like look here, 118. For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, dead. But to us who are being saved, notice what he says. Wait a minute, I thought you were already saved, Paul. To us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then he says in 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And, and so if you read chapter 1, if you read chapter 2, you'll see that he's already talking about this. And what is going on is these other teachers are trying to act like, with their presentation of the gospel, that they are much smarter than Paul, and they know much more than Paul. Paul was one of the most learned men on the planet. And you know what he said in Philippians 3.8? I count it all dung, rubbish, compared to the knowledge of God. That I may be found in him with his righteousness, and not the righteousness by the law, but the righteousness is through faith in Christ Jesus. And I may have fellowship with his sufferings. Listen, he counted it all done. And, and you know, with Gamaliel, there's people that Josephus talks about that, that the only thing that Gamaliel said bad about Paul was he couldn't keep enough literature in his hands, that he would just devour it. And that's why when he got saved in chapter 9 of Acts on the road to Damascus going to arrest Christians and deliver them back to Jerusalem to put them in prison, when he got saved, he already knew the gospel. It was already hidden in his heart. He had been studying the Holy Scriptures, and instantly his eyes were open to see that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. Only because God opened them. Not because of Paul's work. Not because of anything. But he said, I count it all dung. And, and it's dookie. Uh, uh, cow dung. Uh, horse dung. Uh, it's nothing. None of the world's wisdom is anything compared to God and his wisdom. Because Christ is the wisdom of God. So now let's, they're arguing. They're divided. They're listening to these liars who are not really liars, just people that teach it a little bit differently and they're trying to run because every single one of us are trying to run if we have the Spirit of God and we're trying to help others if we have the Spirit of God. We're trying to disciple. We're trying to encourage others to run a race to win if we have the Spirit of God. That's what we're called to do. And so as we're doing that, we might say it a little bit different. We might be in a little different place in our growth in Christ. And so then people begin to gravitate towards people. And, and that's not good. You, when you gravitate and you say, oh, I like this teacher and I don't like anybody else. We should be able to listen to anybody who's teaching the gospel. And even if they teach some of it wrong, we should be able to listen to them and glean from it. Now, if they double down over bad stuff that they say, 
then we got a problem because now there's purposely trying to deceive. But even when, when uh, um, oh my goodness, Ananias and Sapphira come along on Apollos, and Apollos didn't know the gospel, but they took him aside and explained it to him more fully, and he come to Christ completely and began to teach the gospel because he heard truth. And then, you know, Paul comes upon these guys and says, well, what were you baptized into? Oh, we were baptized into, it's Acts chapter 19. We were baptized into John's baptism. So he lays hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and then they begin to share the gospel. Listen, people aren't at the same place in the gospel, but if they have the Spirit of God and God is leading them, they will receive truth, they will grow, and they will spur others on. But the problem is, is we have false gospels, false teaching, and it produces false converts, and, and, and it's not the preaching of the true gospel. Because if it is, people will, if they have the Spirit of God, they will get in here. And then we're going to get to that. I wanted to get to it right then. Um, but we're going to go back to verse, or chapter 3, verse 1. But don't miss when we get over here to 316, that it's all about us being the temple of God. And we have the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God and I have the Spirit of God, then we're led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God, right? So if you're being led by the Spirit of God, don't deceive yourself. That's what he says. Let no one deceive himself. Well, the way you deceive yourself, you stop listening to the Spirit of God. You start thinking and believing that you're wise and nobody else is. And you know all the truth and you stop listening and learning and growing as a body and you will die. God says he'll destroy you. But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's look at it in context uh, and I'm not going to teach this exhaustively. I'm just going to do a quick running commentary. You can get the tape of when I taught through this. Because I really want to get over to that we have to understand. It's a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual God. A spiritual life. It's not flesh and blood anymore. It's not about a denomination. It's not about one teacher. Uh, if it's about one, it's the spirit of God. Who takes the word of God. And washes and cleanses you. And makes you more like. And back into the image of God which is where Adam and Eve were created in the garden. Because that's what salvation is about, bringing us back into the family of God. So, uh, let's start with, oh my goodness, where do you start? Let's start with two Six. I don't even know if that works. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. That means growing, wanting to grow. Yet not the wisdom of this age, not the wisdom of this world. That word is aeon. It can be world, not age. But it's a spiritual age, or it's a, it's a secular age right now, too. But it can be world, nor of the rulers of this age, world, who are coming to nothing. Listen, if you're part of this world and you're living in this world and you think you have wisdom in this world, you're coming to nothing. You have to come to Christ. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So it's the gospel, the preaching of the gospel 
I has not, but it is written. Notice where, here, listen to me. Notice where they always go for their wisdom. <clears throat> to the scriptures. How do I line up my wisdom with God? I always know that God's an unchanging God and that he's already written it down and it's hidden in the Old Testament. So I look at what is already written about God and see if it lines up with God. Because if it's new, it's not from God. And if it's from God, it's not new. He's the ancient of days. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If you love me, keep my commandments. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Listen, everything is spiritual. You cannot read this book and get the wisdom of God unless you have the spirit of God. So you want to ask the spirit of God to lead you in the word of God and in truth and wash you and cleanse you. You want to have a relationship, God is spirit, with the spirit of God. Or you can't understand this um, book. It's spiritual. It's living. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Notice he said man. Man does not, like I can sit here next to you and whether you rage or laugh inside of you, I don't know completely because you can pretend, you can act. But you know what's inside of you, and you're going to see that God knows what's inside of you. He's the only one that knows. So, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God, because it is God. Now, we have received, listen, listen, if you come to Jesus, you're baptized into the body of Christ, you receive a down payment of the Spirit of God that comes and lives in you, and He wants to wash and cleanse you, and He wants you to surrender to Him and be led by Him and put your life in the grave. He wants to live through you, and He wants to lead you into the newness of life and make you a complete new creation in Christ. And He says, now we have, because He puts us all together in the same body, we, everybody that comes to Jesus, receives the same inheritance. We've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Listen, if you're a child of God and you've received the spirit of God, you should be searching the word of God to find out what's been freely given to us as an inheritance. And as you do that, he washes and cleanses you. And he gives you wisdom of God because you pick up the inheritance, which is Christ. You learn more about all that Christ is. He's the wisdom of God. These things we also speak. So we repeat them back. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches. You can't teach it through man's wisdom. Which is earthly, central, demonic. We might find out as we go to James. But when the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's, that word foolishness comes from the word that for moron, moronic, moriah, moronic. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually judged, spiritually discerned. Listen, everything is spiritually discerned. You can only discern and judge and understand this book through the Spirit of God. 15, but he who is spiritual 
judges all things. What, wait a minute. What did you say, Paul? But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one because Christ took our judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And we're all supposed to put on the mind of Christ. The Spirit of God dwells in us and he's teaching us. Now I want to go into 3, verse 1, and we'll start this, but i I, I got to move through it quickly so that we're not here forever. Get the tape if you want to see it slowly. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Now listen, he wants to speak to them, but there's so much division among them that they're in the flesh. They're raising up teachers in the flesh. They're not being led by the Spirit. They're dividing and saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And, and so that's carnal when you divide like that, and it creates division. It creates a problem in the body of Christ. And then Paul, who founded the church there in Corinth by the Spirit of God, by the will of God, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal, fleshly. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Just natural men. 1 Corinthians 3, 4 for when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? Now remember, Paul's writing this. And who is Apollos? And Apollos, of course, uh, came out of Rome when, when uh, Nero began to attack Rome, and, and he was uh, being used by God mightily. But ministers, servants, slaves, through whom you believed the word pistio, you trusted Christ because of the message you heard, as the Lord gave to each one. He says in 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Think about that for a minute. Because that's all we can do as people of God, as children of God, is we want to encourage people, is we share the truth of God, which which is planted in their conscience and now they have to decide are they going to obey or disobey God are they going to receive it and ask God for power to walk it out or how are they going to live and then like if I me and, me and Jamie was able to share with with a, a Muslim young man this week for a long time and here's Jamie sharing with him and I'm cleaning and Jamie's sharing with him and Jamie's and I'm praying for Jamie and doing and then Jamie goes to do something and I spin around and now I'm watering what Jamie was sharing by just reinforcing it with more scriptures and watering it and this kid was I mean he's brilliant he's in he's in college and and he's asking perfect questions that line up with everything that's going on so I I, I mean I think the kid's going to get saved and probably his whole family, there's a lot of Muslim people getting saved because God's drawing people to salvation. And he does it with the word of truth. He doesn't do it with people being nice. Listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying Christians aren't nice, but niceness doesn't get people saved. It'll get them warmed up and into the church and never to salvation. He does it with the word of God. When he says, when he says I planted and Apollos watered, he planted the seed of the word of God. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and Apollos does more work on it by watering it. 
And then God is the only one that can bring increase. Ask the farmers, have they forgotten God? They're not out there building their farms on their own. They can put that seed in the ground all they want. But they're not going to grow anything and have any yield. It's the natural law of sowing and reaping unless God allows it to grow. I hope they're thanking God. Seven, so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters but God who gives the increase. Now listen, because we're going to get over here in a minute and, and, and we're going to see this scripture memory verse is about somebody puffing up and thinking they have knowledge and they're wise and seeing like they got a reputation and they're doing something. But the Bible is clear that there's nothing we're doing. We're crucified with the Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am dead and in the grave. The Holy Spirit's supposed to be living through me. And what's the Holy Spirit want to do? The same thing that God wants to do. His will is that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. And the only way they're going to come to repentance is if we preach the gospel. Not if we're nice, not if we're feeding the hungry, not if we're doing some other things that, that, that go on in the church. It doesn't mean that that's wrong, but if we leave out the most important thing, and that is sharing the gospel and reminding people that it's all about God. There's nothing in us. There's nothing we can do to be saved. There's nothing that we can do to walk out this life. We have no power, no ability to do it. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And we have to remind ourselves of that because the devil and our flesh and the world wants to promote us. And wants us to think that we're producing something apart from God. And wants us to go out and believe our own press clippings and then begin to walk away from God. And that's why he says, let no man deceive himself. Deception is the conspiracy. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. And if you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. That's what we need to know. It's coming. So we need to keep focused on what God has called us to do. What are my gifts and talents and ability? What did you call me to do, Lord? I'm part of the body of Christ. What part am I? How can I plant? How can I water? How can I be a servant? How can I be the least of these? How can I be like Christ who did not come to be served but to serve and give his life a ransom for many? How can I be like that if I'm still full of myself? If I'm still living my life for myself, how can I be like Christ if I'm still in my own esteem? Verse 8, number of new beginnings. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We're working together. And each one will receive his own reward. Notice what it says. According to his own ergon, his own labor, his own what he's occupied with. According to his own, because God's <laughs> going to test your hearts. Everything about this is testing of the heart. Everything about it. We're going to see Sunday in the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus says to them, what can we buy? Uh, can we, how can we feed these people? And it tells you right in the text, he did it just to test their hearts. He already knew what he was going to do. That's the entire Bible. Why did he let the serpent come into the garden? 
to test even Adam's heart because he already knew what he was going to do and he already knew what they were going to do. He's sovereign. The same thing. Why did he allow them? They grumbled and complained in the, in the wilderness in Numbers, what is it, 11? To show them their heart. He allowed them. And then they were bitten by serpents to allow them a freedom of choice. Again, now in this age, you and I, we have freedom of choice. Do not deceive yourself. Let no man deceive himself. When you hear the word of truth, it, it is testing your heart. Are you going to obey it? Or are you going to disobey it? Are you going to let God continue to change you from glory to glory? Are you going to walk by faith? Are you going to believe him? Or are you going to believe the government? Are you going to believe the liar? Are you going to believe somebody else, false teachers and their wisdom? Or are you going to believe God? Would you rather have PhD behind your name? Permanent head damage? Would you rather have some doctrine behind your name? Would you rather have something that the world gave you? Or would you like to have the inheritance from God that the world can't take away if you keep your eyes fixed on the mark? Listen to me. We've got to wake up in the church because we're repeating the same thing that we see in the Old Testament that was written for examples that we would not do that. We're going in the same way because why? Human nature always does. Everything about us, if we live in our nature according to the sin nature and walk according to the flesh, we will divide and conquer ourselves. We'll defeat ourselves. We'll deceive ourselves. The only deception is self-deception. Truth is revealed spiritually by the Holy Spirit as he comes alongside to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. And you can choose to believe it or you can choose to make up your own little religion. But when you choose to believe it, you have to believe it all. And then when you believe it all, you can put everything in one basket. The proverbial egg basket. All your eggs in one basket. All your life. Everything. God's not going to start a work in you and then not finish it and walk off and let you do it. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Just let him build it. Let him build it in your heart. Just be the part you're supposed to be. Find out what the will of the Lord is. Once he wakes you up and walk in it by his spirit, by his power, for his glory, for such a time as this. Where are we at? Verse 9. And you'll be rewarded for it, for your labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Using some analogies here. According to the grace of God. Notice what he said. The grace of God. God's riches or yeah, God's riches at Christ's expense, which was given to me. He knows it was the grace, the grace of God. Uh, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed, beware, how he builds on it. See, now we're building up to false teachers. We're building up to how you would deceive yourself if you build on it wrongly. For no, no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Probably should say Christ Jesus, but we're okay with Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. The Christ is the anointed, the, the Messiah of God. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. Remember, we're going to be rewarded according to our work, our labor, he said there in verse 8. 
for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is if anyone's work which he has built on endures he will receive reward if anyone's work is burned he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire now listen God is a consuming fire. Now, I believe that right now, as you read the Word of God, as you see the Word of God, as you hear it spiritually discerned, that's a consuming fire. Now, you can allow that fire to burn out the dross and purify you and wash you and cleanse you, make you look more like Jesus and more into the image of God now, or later there's going to be fire. That's how he's going to destroy once again. He's going to make all things new. Even in heaven and the earth, is going to be burned with fire and purified once and for all. He's going to make it all new. That means fresh. I don't think it means like he's going to create a whole new heaven and a whole new earth. I think he makes it fresh by burning out all the impurities with fire. Holy fire. And right now, we can choose to let him be a consuming fire by saying yes and yes and amen. By by when we hear the word, being fair or being being honest with God, I see it, Lord, but there's nothing in me to do it. Will you give me the strength through the Holy Spirit, the power, the might? Help me to have the faith to walk out and do what you've called me to do, whether it's saying no to something or yes to something or standing up to something. But you can't build with gold, silver. Precious stones, wood, hay, straw. You can't build with any of that. It's spiritual house. It's a spiritual food. This is the bread of life. This is truth. This is what we build with. This is how we, we, we build it. By sharing the gospel. And then with your own life, so that you don't deceive yourself, you get into the word, prayer, and fellowship. And you don't have any need for anybody to teach you. The Spirit of God will teach you. If you begin to have that love relationship with him and draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And then he'll give you your gifting and you'll be walking in it and you'll be able to share with others and be the part of the body that you're called to be. And this is where he comes to this part. Now, I'm quickly going through this, trying to help you to understand that God is building a holy house. We are part of it. We're living stones we are in his family, married back in through leverant marriage or the kinsman redeemer uh, through Christ, receiving our inheritance that Adam lost because they were disobedient. Listen to another voice, another wisdom, another, another earthly, central, demonic uh, uh, wisdom. We want to listen to the wisdom that comes from God, who is Jesus. And that's why he says here, do you not know? That's a pretty big question. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Remember, when you believe, then, then, you're, then you're, the Spirit comes in and seals you until the day of redemption. So do you not know that you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are, or you are. Now listen to me. The temple in the Old Testament, the first two temples, well, the tent and the the tent in the wilderness, the temple that Solomon built, all of, all of those temples, they were a picture. They prefigured. They were not the real thing. We're the real thing. They were a picture of us, the church. 
That's where God, God always was going to dwell. Not made with hands, but, but, but what he made. He's going to dwell in our hearts. We're the temple of God. Do you not know that? That the spirit of God is in you? That's what he's saying. But, it, but listen to this. This is pretty important here. Let me see if I've got it. Where did I write it? Oh, defile, destroy. Right there where it says, if anyone defiles the temple of God, which is where the spirit is at, God will destroy him. Destroy and defile is the exact same word. They're the exact same words. It means to pine or waste. In other words, not to go. You're not supposed to pine away and just sit around and do nothing. We were bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus. We were given a command to go. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go and make disciples. Go and teach is what he says. It's not even disciple there. It's go and teach. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says again, he repeats it for the second time. And teach them to obey all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How? Through the Spirit of God that's in you because you're the temple of God. The Spirit is in you. The Spirit is doing home makeover inside of you. As long as you're not trying to build with gold or silver, wood, hay, or stubble. Things that are building materials in heaven. They're nothing. They're nothing. You can't love both. So he says, if anyone, pine away, or here it is, properly to shrivel or wither. In other words, if something is shriveling or withering that's been planted, it's not being properly taken care of by watering it, by letting the Spirit of God nurture it and grow it in your life, and you just ignore it, and we believe the lie that all you have to do is say a prayer. You let it pine away, waste away, shrivel away, wither it. There's no, there's no growth to it because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to water you. You're not drawing near to God who is life to give you life so you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. What fruit, Greg? The Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what he wants to do in our life is to make us into his image practically. Positionally, it's finished. Practically, if it's finished positionally, the Spirit seals you, and then He begins to lead you in life if you're a child of God. And as He does, you surrender as you learn the instruction of God. You obey it, and He produces Christ-likeness in you. We should have a desire to go. But He says, if you, let's see, to spoil is another way, could to ruin To ruin is something that would happen. Oh, I'm the temple of God and I just ruin it? I just let it ruin by quenching and grieving, insulting and lying to the Holy Spirit of promise that's in there trying to, to just gently woo us to the truth of God and to teach us uh, uh, how to walk and how to be like Christ? I can't read my own writing, so I can't get the last... That's probably really important, too. Huh, can't read it. Uh, a biblical usage to lead, is to, uh, to lead away a person or a Christian church from Christ where we need to be abiding. That's what it means to defile. Now listen, what God says is if you do that and you choose that, 
He will do that to you because you reap what you sow. He will allow you to pine and waste and, and to, to, to shrivel and wither and to be spoiled and to go to ruin. He will allow that because he's not going to force himself upon you. He's a gentleman. So that's what Paul is trying to correct the church in Corinth and say, if you want to start dividing and, and making up your own little uh, uh, churches and your own little doctrines and your own little belief and, and your own little teachers, instead of listening to the Spirit of God that leads you in the Word of God for glory of God, then you go right on ahead of it. You're going to end in ruin. You're going to end up spoiled. You're going to end up defiled because man always follows his own flesh. He makes up what's easy. It tickles his ears, and it has a form of godliness which denies the power thereof. And it, it has wings, and it flies away toward heaven, but it never makes it to heaven. It feels good. I'm real pious. And, and think about it. That's what ended up happening to even the nation of Israel as they crucified the Lord of glory. So he tells us that we have the Spirit, and the Spirit is in us. And all we have to do is be led by the Spirit in the Word of God. And this is when he gives the warning. 18, our memory verse, let no one deceive himself. Self-deception is the worst kind of deception. I'm okay. Self-deception is the worst kind, and, and it might be the only kind, like I say most of the time. Um, of course, let no man deceive yourself is the King James, and let and deceive are the exact same words. Let and deceive. Uh, they put them together. Um, notice, and I wrote in my notes, obey the word of God, not the teaching of man. Listen, if the man is teaching the word of God, you can obey it. But if the teaching of man is just a good orator who's tickling your ears, see, you don't want to follow that. And that's what happens is because we want to be carnal and fleshly. And, and we'll look at somebody and go, man, they, they are just good sermon. They just lay sermons out really good. They got their points in line. And, and, and we look at a good orator or somebody that's tall of stature and they got a nice suit. Or, or they got 500 people in their church. And we look at the outward instead of looking at the substance. Is it of the Spirit of God? Is it the Word of God? And is it lined up with the character of God? Because that's what you want to look for. You don't want to look for good points that line up with psychology, that line up with evolution, that line up with your flesh, that make you feel good. You walk out, you have no substance, you're not growing, you're not going, because you're either resisting or the false teacher is doing it. So you're either deceiving yourself by listening to a bad teacher or you're deceiving yourself by not obeying what you hear. What's that? That's James. That's what James says. Oh, camel knees. Let's look at James. Look at James. Listen, God is longing to help us. In fact, he says in James chapter 1, what does he say? If anybody lacks wisdom... If anybody, it's five. If you, if any of you lacks wisdom, what are we talking about? The wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? It, it, it's Christ. He's the Word of God. How do you know it's the wisdom of God? Well, it lines up with the Word of God. It lines up with what God's character and nature and will is. It lines up with what God is doing. Because they're all one of the same. Listen, if anybody lacks wisdom, go to college. Oh, 
you go to the prayer closet, that's a good college to go to. Because if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Prayer. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. He's not going to say, what are you, stupid? You don't know how to do that? Figure it out yourself. He's a loving father who wants to help us. And the whole point of salvation is us becoming conformed to his image. That's why he put his spirit in us, the operating system, which will lead us. And, and, it, and if you ask, he'll give you everything you need for life and godliness. You ought to give us his son. How will he not give us everything else for life and godliness? He longs to do it. He's waiting to do it. And he doesn't want you to deceive yourself. But when you follow your way, when you pretend, you fake it till you make it, when you do all these things except for ask God for wisdom in this matter, you're actually deceiving yourself. He wants you to come and ask him, and he'll give you wisdom in whatever the situation of life is, liberally and without reproach. It will be given to him who asks, but let him ask in faith in trust, confidence that he's a good father, confident that God knows the truth. Listen, with no doubting. It's a very difficult thing. This is something I believe, but help my unbelief. But listen, if, if we believe that he's God, and this might be some, something where you need to practice righteousness and you learn to see where God has come through in your life and he always comes through, he's always there. You might be putting him to the test where you pray, you ask, you wait, you watch. This is something that's hard because we're so used to depending upon our parents, upon the government, upon the world, upon somebody else. Let's swipe the credit card. Instead of stopping and waiting and being patient for the Lord, but asking and learn that he's faithful. For he who doubts, uh-oh, is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Boy, that's unstable, isn't it? For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now listen, again, I just give you the simple... Double-minded... Do I have it? Double-minded is two-spirited. Two-spirited. In other words, you're living in the world and you're trying to live for God. You're listening to your flesh and you're listening to God. And you like some of the parts of God, but the rest of it, you like your flesh. And, it, and so when you come, you want to be single-minded with God. You want to come to God with singleness of mind. What does that mean? If I ask God for wisdom and he says this, then I want to obey that. But double-minded is, is like, I don't like that. I think I'm going to hang out and do what I want to do. That's double-minded, two-spirited. You're, you're, you're not coming and asking God for wisdom so that you can just, okay, Lord, I see that that's what you want me to do, so now give me the power to walk that out by faith. But you're coming to find out if you like it and you'll do it and if it pleases you. That's double-mindedness. That's double-spirited. That's two natures on the throne of your life instead of one. See, if it's God and it's perfectly true and you trust him by faith, you shouldn't doubt it. You should just say, well, if that's what you say to do, let's go. Now, who practiced it? Remember Peter stepping out of the boat? We're going to get to it maybe Sunday. I don't know. Well, it's not even in John, so never mind. But he did in the other text. Um, but what did he say? He said, well, if it's you, bid me to come to you. 
and he stepped out, but then he got his eyes back on other things, and he began to doubt, and he began to sink. But what did he do? He said, save me, Lord, and he grabbed him. The Lord pulled him out, and that's where we want to be with our wisdom is that we know there's no wisdom or counsel against the Lord. So whatever he says in his word is true, just automatically. Automatically. So you want to get to that mind. If God said it, I want to do it. But man, how does our flesh get in the way? How can we be people that so often we understand that I believe God and I know God. He spoke and he's created the heavens and the earth. And man, he pulled me out and look at the testimony of what he's doing. And then I can still go, ah, and I'm double-minded. See, it's a process. You're being washed and cleaned. You're learning. But your heart needs to keep going. You need to keep going. That's why you have the bar of soap when you, when you didn't do it properly and you ask him to confess you. This is not permission to sin. God forbid that we would have permission to sin. We have permission to ask for forgiveness. Jesus already paid for it all. It rights the ship, and you keep going forward and stop being unstable. Stop being tossed to and fro. We don't believe some of what the world says and, and some of it we don't. Listen, they're liars. 1 John 5, 19, I know you are of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. You got a calculator? How much is whole? See, it's all there to deceive us. But our citizenship is in heaven. Our, our, our uh, 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 husband is the wisdom of God who we're betrothed to, I should say. So we don't want to be double-minded. The reason we read the scriptures, the reason we study, the reason we come to God, the reason we ask is so we don't deceive ourselves because we will deceive ourselves. I guarantee you. Uh, I want to go there, but I'm going to go somewhere else. Go to, um, oh, so we need to be doers. Let's finish that part first. I'm just going to jump past it. All this is a testing. We'll get to that some other time. He tests you with this to show you your heart. Then you ask for wisdom, and then he perfects you, and, and, and the man is blessed. Uh, uh, comes over here, and then you receive every good and perfect gift. Sorry if I'm going too fast with that. Um, but look at 21. Therefore, read the first um, 20, and you'll know why it's therefore. Because of this, we want to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive what's being given. Receive with meekness the word of God. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is the wisdom of God, right? It's the truth of God. It's his spoken word that he sent to heal the land, which is able. I want to do a sermon on able. I want to do a sermon on able. That word able, not Canaan able. I want to do that because if you look, the sword of the spirit, which is the, or excuse me, uh, take up the shield of faith, which is able. If you choose, it's able. The power is always there. The word is the wisdom. The word is enough. It has the ability. There's nothing lacking on God's side. It's able to save your souls, to deliver them safely back into the house of God, to deliver them safely back to the image of God, to, to equip you and prepare you for every good work. Just like he says to Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. Listen, it's able. But are you willing? It's able. But are we being double-minded? 
the word of God and the wisdom of God, the gift of God is handed out. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. See, the hearing that we want to have that produces faith is we hear because we want to know the wisdom of God and walk in the ways of God and be led by the spirit of God for the glory of God so that other souls will see the witness of God and they'll want to come to salvation. Watch this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. I thought I had doers. Oh yeah, doer is, 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 is actually the word perform. Not a performance like Hollywood wants. Not a performance like entertainment is. But it's also produce. It, it, doer means to produce. But be a producer of the word. Be the produce. Be the fruit. What comes out of the word of God? What comes out of the wisdom of God? The character of God. You'll grow it in your life. It'll be the produce. It'll be the fruit of the Spirit if, if you walk it out instead of being someone who deceives yourself. Different word than the one in our text. We're going to do this all night long. I thought I had the word deceived, and I don't. Um, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a performing the word, doing the word, going with the word, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, natural sin nature, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks, watch this, in the perfect law of liberty, there's the law we're under, the law of liberty, all freedom and continues in it following it obeying it and is not a forgetful here but a producer a performer a doer look at that word of the work that presupposes that walking by faith is work see he said the word but now he's called it a work it's ergon it's what you're occupied with it's what you're doing it's the work that you're going the labor that you're going to be rewarded for you can't just hear it and forget it you actually got to hear it and be trained by it and let it look into the perfect law of liberty and go out and and don't forget about it but do the work of what it says to do obey it this one will be blessed in what he does that's the one that's going to be blessed. It, it's the work. It's a natural work by just getting in the word, by hearing the word, by obeying the word, by following the word. What is that? Surrender yourself completely to God and to the spirit of God and to the power of God and let the, 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 the spirit do. It's able already. Just let it abide. You just abide in the vine. Just abide in the vine. We're never going to get finished with this. Okay, so let's look at 2 Corinthians I wanted to go to one more place, and then we'll go back and finish up the text. 2 Corinthians, where am I at? 11. Ooh. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll just start in verse 1, because I never know where to start at. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, I have betrothed you to one husband 
that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. And verse 3, I just wanted to read that part, but verse 3, notice it's about marriage. We're married back into the family of God by the kinsman redeemer who became flesh so that he would have the right to buy us back. Then he walked it out perfectly and his blood was received by the father as payment so that we could receive the inheritance back. And then the proof of that is he rose from the dead. So watch this, verse 3. But I fear, this is Paul, who's still dealing with these people that are acting like he is not the, the one that, that, that came and shared Christ and, and, and allowed them to come to salvation because he spoke to their conscience and told them the truth of the gospel and he preached it to them, with, not with his own wisdom, but with the wisdom of God. Remember what he said in Philippians 3.8, count it all dung, everything that he learned in the flesh, counted it all dung. And he preached he preached the gospel by the Spirit of God to the people of God, and they wake up. We're not responsible for the increase. God does that. We just plant and water. Where am I? Three. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived, beguiled, to seduce holy, to lead astray, same word, let no one deceive himself it's in 1 Corinthians 3:18 somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness his subtlety his false wisdom his earthly central demonic wisdom here's another voice God's holding out on you lust of the eye the lust of the flesh and the boastful pride of life so your minds a mind that's supposed to have the mind of Christ may be corrupted, led astray, destroyed, there it is, corrupted, defiled, spoiled, from the simplicity, if you have the King James, it's singleness. Remember, don't be double-minded, there's a singleness. It can also be translated generosity. From the singleness that is in Christ. For if he comes, for if someone comes, for if he comes, or excuse me, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you might well put up with it. Isn't that what's going on in the church today? Because we want to be important, because we want to believe our own press clippings, because we want to be a part of all the conferences and all the books and all the everything, you name it, Christianity, I call it culturanity. We want to be a part of that instead of a part of Christ. We want to be noticed instead of be servants. We want to be noticed instead of be those that are invisible and allow Christ to be lifted up, because if he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. Now, I was going to go to James. You can have it as homework in James chapter 3. Ah, let's go. James chapter 3, verse 13. I'm sorry. He says in verse, he says in chapters 1, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. Well, then right here in uh, chapter 3.13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let's, let's see who has been asking wisdom of God and receiving it. They're not double-minded. 
let him show it by good conduct that his works, there it is again, are done in the meekness of what? Wisdom. The meekness of Christ. The meekness of the word of God. The meekness of the instruction of God. The meekness of wisdom. Here he goes. He's going to define it for you. But if you have bitter envy and self. Boy, that'll get you right there, right? Self. Because self is supposed to be in the grave. The only good self is a dead self. If self is on the throne, self-seeking, oh, I'm looking to jockey myself into position. I'm looking to be this. I want to be that. Listen, dead self, waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell you your gifting, to show you your place, to tell you what part of the body you are, allowing Christ to be the head. But if you have self-seeking, where does it go at? Where does it start at? Where is God trying to get your hearts? The center of you. It's in your heart. We go astray in our heart. Do not boast and lie against the truth. Uh-oh, double-minded man. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. That word comes from psychology. It's about self, all about self. This is man's wisdom. And no notice man wants you to follow their wisdom. They've set up an entire system, which is a religious system. If you follow it, we'll promote you. If you don't follow it, we'll kill you. Oh, they call it cancel, but it's really death culture. You're going to be nothing. You're going to have nothing. Well, listen, my inheritance is in Christ. My, my, my citizenship is in heaven. I don't want nothing down here. It's all going to burn. Don't follow their earthly, central, demonic wisdom. It looks like it's wise. It looks like it's good, but it leads to death. It leads to promoting self. It leads to building up itself. Mm. It leads to you desiring to follow it. And when your desire is fulfilled, it brings forth death, James said in chapter 1. So we need to be very careful of allowing self to stay alive and stay on the throne uh, because that's earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. There's a lot of it going on in the churches today. We're building churches with earthly, central, demonic wisdom, with budgets and buildings and uh, uh, business principles. We're not building it with the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God would tell us to surrender to God. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. God, Christ doesn't need any help. He doesn't need any help. He needs us to surrender and not be deceived but listen to his wisdom, to his word, and to follow, and to tell other people clearly with boldness. Remember what Paul said after he put on the armor? That utterance might be given to me that I may speak boldly the gospel as I ought to preach. That's all he was concerned about. Think about all the things that he could request a prayer for. He was in prison. He could have asked a whole lot of things, but he asked for boldness to speak as he ought to speak. Boy, does the church need boldness. When we're raising up CRT and, and sociology and psychology and word of faith and everything that kills the people of God with earthly, central, demonic wisdom, we're, we're promoting our uh, uh, classes and programs and everything except for lifting up Christ by the Spirit of God and getting into the word, prayer, and fellowship. Everything except for that is lifted up. Come and volunteer. Come and tithe. Come and do this. Come and be a part. <clears throat> How about surrender to Jesus and let the Spirit of God lead you in the Word of God? 
For as one has said, when the man of God looks into the word of God and sees the son of God, he's transformed by the spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. That's what we need to do. Remember what they did in the book of Acts? They took notice that these men had been with Jesus. Well, right here, if you have wisdom of God, it's because you ask God and you single-mindedly believe God and you are not walking in envy and strife and self-seeking in your hearts and boasting and lying against the truth because that's not from above. It's earthly, sensual, demonic, verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are. Reminds you of any lawlessness and delusion going on? But the wisdom that is from above is first, foremost, pure. can only get that from Christ. Peaceable. Peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Peace with God, the peace of God, and then we're looking to bring others to Christ so that they can be at peace. Gentle. Willing to yield. You have what? Oh, that's how you bear fruit. It's a sweet reasonableness, somebody has said. Full of mercy. We need your mercy, Lord. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing and renewing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Titus 3, 5, and 6. That's how we're saved. Because of his mercy, he gave us grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the wisdom of God that we preach. The word of God. Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. Does anybody need to tell the church that CRT is a lie? No partiality. Neither slave nor flea, black nor white. Free or slave, there's, there's, there's none of that. Yeah, Skithney or, or, or what is it? Let's read it. Uh, Colossians 2, Colossians 3, where is it? We'll read it. There's neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. Um, Colossians in the New Testament. In pot, the pot, the pot. <laughs> where is it at? Um, oh, am I in the wrong book? I'm in the wrong book, ain't I? Yeah, where's that at? There's two, it's in two places, neither slave nor free. Is that Ephesians? I'm sorry, got me all the way off. We don't need any of that. There's no partiality. And that's what's going on is partiality. That's what, it's not real equity to be treating anybody anyway like that. Putting them first. Christ is the only one that's first. I need to get back on task. Let's close this out. No partiality in the wisdom of God, in the word of God, in the kingdom of God. And it's without hypocrisy. No pretending, no play acting. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The peace with God. Let's go back to our text. Let's close this out. Um, or I'll teach the whole Bible and just keep going. Or at least the parts that I know. Since I am earthly in some ways. And don't know the whole Bible completely. 
Um, verse 318 of 1 Corinthians. City much like our world today. Let no one deceive himself. Listen. You have the Spirit of God to teach you. You have the Spirit of God in you. You don't need anybody else to teach you. Do not deceive yourself. You want to hear the Word of God by the Spirit of God and then follow it. Ask for power to obey it. Step out in it and agree with it. If anyone among you seems, has the reputation, or, or it could even be thinks or supposes that you're wise, in this world, that's what the word age is, it's world. Wise is sophos. Uh, we also see wisdom, which is sophia. It's pronounced different than I thought it was when I looked it up. It's got an A sound to it. Let him become a fool. That's the word that comes from moron. It's, it's the word uh, morose. Dull or stupid, listen, as if shut up. That's what it means. Look it up. As if shut up. A blockhead. In other words, the world will say stuff to you like that. Well, you don't believe in evolution, then you're a blockhead. You're a moron. You ought to shut up and be canceled. You can't talk. Listen. I don't believe in evolution. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I believe God spoke and created the heavens and the earth because the word of God, the wisdom of God, he created it with, I know him, he lives in my heart. It's crazy what some of these words mean, though. So we have to become as a fool, become as little children, actually, and say, everything that I thought I knew now is suspect. Take it from me, Lord. I want to know your wisdom, not the wisdom that the world has been teaching me for all these years. So you want to become what the world would call a fool, that you may become wise, that you may become like Christ, who is the wisdom of God. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Again, moronic. And notice where he goes. This is what I always want to point to you to. He's telling us to go to the word of God. He's telling us. And then he says, for it is written. Here's the wisdom of God. Paul goes back to the scriptures. Jesus goes back to the scriptures. The apostles always point out the character, the nature, the will of God. And what does he say? He, he quotes Job 5.13. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. He catches the wise or he taketh is the word. In the King James, it is written, he take it. It's the idea of capturing or entrapping them in their own trickery, their, their own subtlety. That word is used for craftiness, their own craft. They're listening to earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom that comes from the devil, and they become subtle just like the one who is more subtle than all the beasts of the earth and deceived Eve. You don't want to be caught in that. God catches them in that. There's no wisdom or counsel against God. And then verse 20, and again, it is written, it would say if he repeated it, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Of course, he's quoting Psalms 94, 11. 
He knows, that's gnosko, he knows it absolutely. The thoughts, it's the internal consideration, your disputes, your doubting. <coughs> Believe by faith without doubting. He knows when you're doubting. It's, it's, a, it's the thinking of a man when he's deliberating within himself. Am I going to listen to God's word? Or am I going to follow my other sin nature and take it up out of the grave and obey it? Am I going to believe God or just hear God and walk away? Remember that the Bible says twice, 14, one of Psalms and 53, one of Psalms, the fool has said, no, God. Think about that for a minute. I know it's in your Bible. There is no God, but those there is is in italics. So really the fool has said, no, God. In other words, I'm not going to obey God. I'm not going to obey God. That's what the fool has said. The moronic person that God says his wisdom, the wisdom of the world is like a fool who would say no to God instead of obeying God. Therefore, let no one boast in men. For all things are yours. Notice what our inheritance is. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. We married into it, guys, gals. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Listen, we all have these, uh, this treasure in earthen vessels, and we need to have the Spirit of God to lead us in the way of God. And we need to be concerned. Listen, I don't believe people have the Spirit of God if they're not concerned about reconciliation of souls. Because that's all the Spirit of God is doing in the world today, is reconciling souls to God. It's all about reconciliation, bringing people back that were deceived by the devil. And now you have a choice. You're going to be deceived by yourself? Let no man deceive himself. There's no wisdom that we have. There's no works we have. There's nothing that we can do except believe and trust God and continue to be led by the Spirit of God for the glory of God. So when you start believing that you've got something, did something, are something, kick yourself in the faith, put the flesh back in the grave, put some dirt on it, bury it as the Spirit of God to fill you afresh and anew so you can go out uh, and be conformed into the image of God. Next week's verse, guess what that is? It's James, O camel knees, 122, 122, but be doers and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. James, 122. Write that down, chew on it for a while. That's your memory verse. Father, we pray that you would teach us uh, how to surrender so that you can produce fruit in our life. That we would hear with a, with a desire to go and obey. Because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We want to hear with our heart, hear with our soul and allow your spirit to lead us into producing fruit, not just in our life, Lord, but planting your word and watering your word so that others could come to salvation and be married back into your family. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Save souls. 
We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.